Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. This is the video teaching series, Praying in the Spirit. This is part one of that series, and in these lessons, I am teaching concerning learning to pray in the Spirit. This is lesson number 14, and uh, the verses that I will start with in this lesson, I have alluded to before, I've quoted them a couple of times, but I want them in the Holy Ghost to be and believe in the Holy Ghost that they're supposed to be the focus of this lesson. And why lesson 14? Because everything taught up to now is uh, foundational for your faith's sake. So you can know and have confidence that the things that are being taught are the word of God. But these two verses, Romans 8, 26, and 27, are so clear. They are such pivotal verses in truly being able to understand the whole purpose of flowing in the Spirit. And again, while I have referenced to them before and mentioned them, quote maybe even quoted them, and I don't remember everything I've said in the previous 13 lessons uh, or that the Holy Ghost has said through me. Uh, I, I really want to focus, not word for word, but close here in these, uh, in these verses. So I'm reading to you. Uh, and, and before I start, I, let, just let me make this statement. Uh, the Bible says... We don't know what to pray for, and we don't know how to pray for it. And you and I will never learn how to do that in the language of our mind. We can learn, and it's the will of God for us to learn to pray the things in the language of our mind, which for me is English, uh, the things that the Lord specifically gave us to pray and to speak, speak into the atmosphere. And when I'm praying with my mind, I'm praying with my spirit. When I'm praying with tongues, I'm praying with the faith of the spirit of God. How can it be my faith? I don't even know what I'm saying. So if I'm praying in faith, in tongues, I cannot be praying in my faith. And the beauty of that is I, uh, I want to be able to pray in faith, but what if my faith is smaller than what is necessary for the word of God and the will of God to be the conditions be met for him to be able to do what it is he wants to do? What if I don't have enough faith to pray for that in my own faith? And whatever I'm praying in English is the limitations of my faith. But when I pray in tongues, I am praying in the flow of the Spirit. I'm praying not only with the Lord's faith, but I'm praying in the will of God. Now, I said those things so that you can be listening for those things as I read those verses, these verses. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. 
See the colon? Grammatical rule of a colon is that which precedes the colon or, or that which follows the colon expounds upon or explains what precedes the colon. So here's what has come before the colon. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. What infirmities? And how does the Spirit help our infirmities? Here's the infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know what to pray for. And if I don't know what to pray for, I don't know how to pray for it, do I? I can't know how to pray for something if I don't even know what to pray for. Why? Because the spirit world, the atmosphere in which God lives, the place where God lives, the supernatural world, God is a spirit. He's not flesh and blood. God is a spirit. In him we live and move and have our being. But because of this flesh, this flesh lives in the natural world. And my mind, which is my what I call my mind, my conscious mind is directly connected to and relates to the temporal world. And so the Bible talks about the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolish to him. There are things about God my mind, my natural mind, is never going to comprehend or understand. There are things about the Spirit of God and the way the Spirit of the Lord uses us that my natural mind will never comprehend. And if I and if I only function by my natural mind, by my intellect, then let me tell you something right now. What I am doing in that situation is I'm limiting God. It is the will of God. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 and 15. It's the will of God for me to pray in the Spirit. But when I'm praying in the Spirit, my natural mind is not involved. It doesn't produce what I'm praying for because it, my spirit is praying. And so Paul said, well, what do I do then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. So my life has both of those because I my mind does need to be involved at times. But my mind is finite. Now, I know there's some folks that think they have a mind equal to God. Well, I got bad news for you. You don't, and I don't. I don't. You don't. And even with God explaining things to us at times called revelation, where he pulls the cover off something was hidden, he lets us see it and talks to us about it and explains it to us, we will never get the full understanding of that in this life. We'll get enough to have understanding and have faith and be able to cooperate and function with it. But he's never going to explain anything because his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts as high as the heaven is above the earth. That heaven is not talking about the atmosphere, the heavens. It's talking about the heaven, the place where the throne of God is. And so here we are, here we are, and we need to pray and God is not going to do things for us, to us, through us that we don't pray about. Well, how, how can I do that? Now, I, I, I quickly will correct that. Matthew chapter six, he told me I didn't have to pray for that if I would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
that I wouldn't have to pray for what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, and I'm adding where I'm going to sleep, that as my father, he knows what I have need of, he'll take care of those things. But the reason people pray those things is they don't seek his kingdom. Because if I'm putting first the kingdom of God in my life every day, and I'm seeking the kingdom of God every day, he promised he'd add all those. So that's my faith in the word of God. That I don't have to pray for those natural things because I choose to pray for the spiritual things because he promised he would do that. But I still don't even know how to pray for that. I'm 74 plus years old. And I'm telling you right now, I still don't know how to pray. You say, you don't know how to pray? No. I never approach prayer as something I know how to do, ever, because I don't want to limit what God wants to do through me today or teach me today, because every day is a new day, and the experience with prayer with him is new every day. The principles are pretty much settled in my mind, pretty much. There's still much more to learn, but, you know, I I understand the principles of prayer, but applying those principles... I have never learned how to do that. I want to let the Spirit of God always be able to apply those principles of prayer through me anyway, anytime, any place, however he wants to do that, according to his will. So I have an infirmity. You have an infirmity. And I still have that infirmity. And I will have that infirmity as long as I have this flesh that's got blood in it. That a body I'm going to get that's going to be, I'm going to have for eternity it's called a glorified body, and it will not have flesh and blood. It will have glorified form, flesh. I will look like me. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I will look like me. Now, is that going to be the me that died or the me that was 50 years ago? Whatever. I, I, when I get there, it won't matter to me, will it? But, uh, you know, I'll have a glorified body. But as long as I've got this fleshly body with a, with a sinful nature, he has never taken away. Whatever he does, does through me and whatever understanding I have will always be limited compared to all the knowledge and understanding that it is possible to have. So I don't know how to pray. You don't know how to pray and we don't know what to pray for. And how many times have I experienced in my life which is my whole life in Pentecost, where there's a need and the first thing you know, okay, somebody's sick. What's the first thing? Lord, heal them. Well, it's important that a man wants to die. What if it's their time to go? I'm going to pray against the will of God. I'm going to pray against their divine appointment with God. Now, the first thing I do is pray, okay, Lord, what do you want to pray here? What's your will here? There was a couple that was a part of our church in the, in the begin, in, near the beginning of it was for years, and they were such a blessing to us. Uh, let me tell you something. There were times that their tithe was 75% of the income of the church, and they were always humble and they never tried to manipulate the ministry because of their tithe. They never, they never gave with strings attached. They were such wonderful spiritual people that believed in me and the ministry God had given me and what God was doing in, in, in our city through Antioch. And, uh, 
they were on in years, and uh, the, the, the brother was very sick. And the sister called me to the house to pray for him, and I know what she was expecting because she'd been around a long time, and she'd seen many people I'd pray for get healed. And she'd seen miracles that God had given when I prayed. So <clears throat> I know that she was expecting me to walk in the house and pray for him, and he'd be raised up. But I went in and did what I was supposed to do. I began to pray, and I prayed in the Spirit and listened. And while I was praying in the Spirit, I said in my mind, what is your will here? And the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm giving him two weeks to right every wrong and to get everything taken care of, all everything taken care of he needs to get t- taken care of. And if there's anybody he needs to talk to and straighten stuff out with, or there's anybody who needs to come talk to him to straighten stuff out with, he's got two weeks and he's going to die. Well, I don't want to say, tell this dear precious sister and that, that brother laying in a bed that had been absolutely such a blessing to the kingdom of God and personally to my wife and I all these years. Uh, sorry, your husband's going to die. But that was the will of God. That's what I had to tell her. And I told her. And I told him. I said, brother, I, I'm sorry that I have to tell you this, but this is the will of God. You got two weeks. You're going to die. And God loves you enough that he's given you an opportunity to say goodbye to whoever you want to say goodbye to and them to come say goodbye to you. And for any wrongs that needs to be uh, uh, made by you toward others or them toward you, they got two weeks to get it done and you're going to die. And we began to pray and and the Holy Ghost came and bore witness to that. There was such peace came in the room. And uh, two weeks later, he was dead. That's not what I wanted to pray. That's not what I wanted to say. I I wanted to do what they wanted me to do. I wanted to pray for him to be raised up, but I had to pray first and foremost, what's the will of God in this situation? And I didn't know what the will of God was without asking. Because we don't know what to pray for as we ought. And we're never going to learn the mind of God. We can have the mind of Christ. but I'm And I'm not separating God into two persons. But I'm talking about two manifestations here. Christ is the word, anointed word, the anointed logos. But God is the I am infinite God that existed before everything else. And the logos is the expression of the infinite God by which he made the finite. And I can have the mind of Christ. But I'm never going to have the mind of God knowing everything he knows. So that's why I have to walk with him one step at a time, knowing his will for each step. Now, he says, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, colon, two colons in the same script verse. How about that? Two colons in the same sentence. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, colon, what is our infirmities? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Colon, here's the explanation of how the Spirit helps our infirmities. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I'm going to read another translation for that right there so you can see uh, exactly how the, these, this, uh, these other scholars say this. Those who translated the Bible to basic English, they really, really, really understood and discerned the meaning of 
of the Greek words because you can understand intellectually what Greek words mean, but that doesn't mean you can translate the Greek words in a way that are truly saying what God is saying. So the Bible in basic English says this, in the same way the Spirit is a help to our feeble hearts, for we are not able to make prayer to God in the right way. But the Spirit puts our desires into words which are not in our power to say. We speak words, but the Holy Ghost has given those words, and we're simply yielding to Him and speaking those words through us. Now, here's the, the faith. And this is why this these two verses are so pivotal. That is because when I'm praying in tongues, the Spirit of God is praying through me exactly what needs to be prayed and how it needs to be prayed. That's the will of God. And that's my faith in the Word of God. So when I'm praying in tongues, I don't have to understand what I'm saying. My faith says He's praying what needs to be prayed, and he's praying it how it needs to be prayed. Oh, but that's not all that's happening. Verse 27 says, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when I'm praying in the Spirit, when the Spirit is praying through me and helping my infirmity that I don't know what to pray for and how to pray, He's not only praying what needs to be prayed and how it needs to be prayed, but He's praying it in the perfect will of God. Some are going to have a problem with this. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it anyway. I am never praying more perfectly the will of God at any time than when I'm praying in tongues. Because the Spirit of God is never going to pray contrary to the will of God. Ever. So if the Spirit is praying through me, the Spirit is praying the will of God through me. And if I want the will of God more than anything else in the world, and I want the will of God to be done in the earth as he told us to pray, I can't more perfectly pray the will of God than when I'm praying in the Spirit. Now, He can reveal to me certain things in my mind that he wants me to pray in my language that I can speak into the atmosphere of the earth with my faith uh, under his anointing. And I do that and will continue to do that. But I was praying this morning and then he pointed me some direction. I stopped and did a little bit of study in the scripture. and, And then I said to him, Lord, it is impossible yeah, if I just read the epistles and all the different things I'm supposed to pray about and do, I can't pray all of that stuff. It's impossible. Impossible. Oh, but it is possible. Let's let him pray. He knows there's only 24 hours in a day. And as I'm praying and he's praying through me, he knows what parts of the word that he wants to pray through me today. Now, I believe in kingdom praying, and kingdom praying is praying the elements of those things that Jesus taught us to pray in Luke 11 and John 6. Our Father, chart in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread. 
Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I believe in praying those things. But there are days, even though I, by the will of God, I, in obedience to the word of God, I try to pray those things every day. But then I've had days where there's such a burden of prayer in the spirit and such a flow of the spirit, prayer and spirit. I, I'm praying in that and, and, and it, I never get the indication I expect when it's time to pray those things in prayer. And so I've said to the Lord, Lord, you know these things need to be prayed. You said for me to pray them. And yet I'm not going to deny or quench this, the spirit and this flow I've got here. So because you know what needs to be prayed and because your word says you will always pray according to the will of God, I've got to believe that there are times you pray for those things because it's your prayer instruction that you pray those things through me in tongues, even though I don't know it. And so, Father, if that's not the way it is, I need you to tell me that because I don't want to be disobedient. I want to obey you, and your word says I should pray these things. So if you're praying them through me in tongues on occasion, instead of those days that you choose for me to pray them in my language, if you're not doing that, I need to know it, but I'm telling you that if you don't tell me otherwise, that according to the word of God, I believe you're doing it in those times when there's such a flow of the Spirit and it would be quenching the spirit to stop it so I can just pray these words in English. Now that's not every day. It's not probably not more than once or twice a week on average. But I've had weeks where it was two, three, four, or five times that week. And I've had weeks where it wasn't at all that week. I would have my time, uh, and he would go between the two. I'd pray in tongues a while, and I'd pray in English a while, and I'd pray in tongues a while, pray in English a while, as the Spirit of the Lord flew, flowed through me back and forth between both of those types of prayer. But hear me, hear me. I don't know what to pray for, and you don't either. Because the Word of God can't lie. I, this is stupid of me. I'm, my wife won't be happy with me using the word stupid. This is not wise of me to make, to, to say whatever, but I would venture to say that 99.9% .9 of the things in this world that need to be prayed for, I don't have a clue how they should be prayed for. So either he prays through me for those things or he reveals to me what he wants prayed and said and then empowers me to pray those things. Amen. So I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for. But the Spirit itself helps my infirmity. Now the word help there in the Greek means to come along beside and carry the load with. So he's not praying by himself and I'm doing nothing. Okay, Lord, you do the praying. I, I'm going to go over here and uh, take a nap. No, no. He comes alongside to help. He picks up the load and carries it with me. It's what he said. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. 
So if I get in the yoke with him, all I have to do is keep up. He's carrying the load, but I'm with him in it. I'm doing it with him. And I not only have an infirmity, I don't know what to pray for, how to pray for it. And I not only have the spirit in me to pray for those things in through me, but he prays for those things through me in the perfect will of God. So I'm reading the Bible in basic English, both verses again, or, or second verse the first time, first verse again. And in the same way, the spirit it is a help to our feeble hearts, for we are not able to make prayer to God in the right way. But the spirit puts our desires into words which are not in our power to say. And he who is the searcher of hearts has knowledge of the mind of the spirit because he makes, because he is making prayers for the saints in agreement with the mind of God. Now, frankly, if you've gotten this far to lesson 14 of this series, Surely you have some desire and hunger to be able to pray like this. Or if you do pray like this, to be able to have confidence that this really is God and you're, you're not off on some weird trip, but what you're doing is in the book and it's according to the word of God. But if this is true, what I just read to you, why wouldn't I want to be able to pray in the spirit? And why don't I want to pray in the spirit? With all those benefits? The Amplified Version says a little different, but I'm going to read both of them. Uh, this is the classic edition. So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought uh, in prayer. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our, in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. So we have those groanings and yearnings, but we can't put them in the words. The Spirit does that. Now, this isn't talking about us just, uh, uh. I'm not saying God never does that. Or how about sighing? (sighs) He hears the sigh of the lost. He hears it. But that's not what he's talking about us doing. Then, uh, Verse 27, he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit and what his intent is because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. Now, I'm going to uh, close this lesson with these verses. These just fit hand in glove with that. Hebrews chapter 14, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Now, in 1611, the double negative was fine, but it kind of messes with our brain a little bit. And we know that the two negatives cancel each other out, so the statement becomes positive. So if you will permit me to read that again with the negatives canceled out, we'll know exactly what the Lord's saying, even though I'm saying the exact same thing it does with the two negatives. It's a little easier for the uh, 2020 mind to follow. 
For we have a high priest which can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. What's the conclusion? Let us therefore, or we would say therefore, let us. The word therefore is a conclusive conjunction that means that what's about to be said is a definitive or a, a declarative statement of conclusion based on what was just said. And what was just said? We have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Therefore, let us come boldly with confidence unto the throne of grace so that two things can happen. We may obtain mercy. And the word obtain there is lambano. It means to receive what is offered. Obtain mercy and find grace. Find is what you get when you seek for something. You pursue something. So before the throne of grace, we obtain mercy. He offers it, we receive it. And now that we've received mercy, we are now in the ability to seek for grace. And what is the purpose of grace? The purpose of grace is to help us in time of need, or as the Greek is literally, to obtain or to find grace or be, to be given grace, grace help at the appropriate time. And what is grace help? Ephesians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in us, the Greek word therefore worketh is caused to be active or operative or empowered. It is God that worketh in you both to will, wish, want, or desire, So, it, but it's also the ability to resolve to do what you wish, want, or desire, philema, and to do of his good pleasure. So I come boldly before the throne of grace to receive the mercy that is offered from the throne of grace. And as I seek him before the throne of grace, he empowers me with that grace, with the grace help. And what is the grace help? His grace activates and causes to be operative in me, both to desire to do the will of God and to resolve the will of God, and then to empower me to do the will of God, that which pleases God. There is nothing more powerful than this when Jesus prays through us. And here's what happens when you and I receive mercy, obtain mercy or receive what's offered to us, mercy, and we seek for and, uh, and, uh, uh, and find or we're given the grace. When we are praying in grace, especially by the empowerment of the Spirit. This is what happens. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh, that's activated and operative in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. This is the will of God. Now, we read this verse, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, and we want to go, okay, I'm going to go do something. No. Read the verse. This is talking about prayer. 
It's about him doing exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think in prayer is the at, is the place for asking or thinking because his power has been activated and operative made operative in us by his grace so that when we're praying by the empowerment of his grace including and especially in the spirit in tongues he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think and when that happens he gets glory in the church by Christ Jesus. Amen. These things are so very important for us to know this. Paul's declaration in Romans 8.26 that we don't know what to pray for as we ought is never more true than when we are praying for others. I'm praying for other people. The saints of God, the backsliders, the lost. I'm praying for the church locally and I'm praying for the church nationally or internationally. I don't know people's hearts. I don't know their innermost struggles. And God respects people's privacy. Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Aren't you thankful that he doesn't tell everybody all your sins? He just forgives them and covers them. So I don't know their struggles. I don't know usually what another person needs or at least the details of the need whether I know what they need or not. I don't know how to fix what they need. I don't know how to pray for what they need, but God does. So why not let him pray through you and me as his conduit for that prayer and for their needs? Why do we do that? We have an infirmity. And the Spirit helps that infirmity. And our infirmity is we don't know what to pray for as we ought. And, but the Spirit itself comes to our aid by praying for us, praying through us, by enabling those feelings we have deep down inside to be put in words that our minds can't express. And not only is he doing that to help us, but he's praying according to the perfect will of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you and I will have confidence in what God does through us in prayer when we're praying in the Spirit like we've never had before, and that we will resolve to give ourselves to praying in the Spirit like we never have before. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, take the mercy God's giving you, but seek for the grace, the empowerment of Him praying through you until you have such a liberty of prayer that you can pray anytime in tongues that you need and that he can pray through you anytime that he desires. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you.